Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Triple Jump podcast. It's a video game podcast. My name is Ben. My name is Peter. And my name is Ashton. Girl, look how orange you look. And also look at that new logo as well. Yeah, the logo is definitely more important, but I do have a tan. Yeah, you do. How was your holiday plops? Lovely. I had a lovely time. Mm -hmm. Uh, The weather was insane. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you guys know, big old heat wave in the south of Europe at the moment. Greece is on fire. Oh, good. Uh, Ground temperature in Spain reached 60 degrees at one point, I believe. And I was in a place where the weather was 38. Eight degrees at mm. some points, and then I looked at my phone. It says feels like forty-two, mm. and I was like, "Yes, it does feel like 42. Yeah. <laughs> it does feel like forty-two." Uh, but I spent a lot of time in the pool mm-hmm. and drinking gin and lemonades and having nice. the best time ever. Yeah, it looked um, good. It was really nice. But I'm upset now because it's going to rain for like two weeks straight in the UK. So now I'm even going to get to see my tan. It's just going to be just for me. Well, I mean, just anytime you're on screen with the two of us, just the contrast in skin yeah. skin tone mm. is going to be quite noticeable. Out. Oh my Whoa. god. Ka-chow. Jeez. How is that? Look at the look at the step look at the Look at that. that. <laughs> it's not I it looks a bit red on camera, but I can tell you it's, no, it's not it's not, not red. It's just very so brown. It's just incredibly tanned. tanned. Yeah. How upsetting, eh, Peter? Sorry, Some people pay good money for a colour like that. Yeah. You know, in the in on the beds, on the, the of of beds. <laughs> the beds is what they call them yeah. in the in the in business. The, the tanning beds. The beds. Yeah. Well, it's lovely to have you back, Ashton. It is. I think you're feeling alive. Ready? Yeah. Then my next question was, what time did you go to bed this morning? Uh, 4.15 a.m. was the last time I looked at my phone mm-hmm. when we got back off the plane. As your Ben crunched into his toast. <laughs> yes. And then I woke up this morning at half seven. But before that, I got a cheeky little wake up call at 6 a.m. when I got a big old round of cramp in the bottom of my leg. Oh. So I woke up and I was like... <laughs> Jesus. So, yeah, I'm feeling amazing right now. Yeah, needless to say, you're going to be on top form today. Yeah, yesterday I was up for 22 hours straight. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) good God. So, Ashton is here. Yeah. But also, she's not 
all no, here. She's not no, absolutely here. not. A, a lot of her is not coming. Just no. her carcass has been propped uh, up in the chair. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she's much. shambled into work. But yeah. she's here, and that's what's important. Yes. Uh, what you may not have seen, Ashton, although you definitely have, mm. while you were on holiday, mm -hmm. is that we've undergone something of a gigantic assets overhaul, Re including the lovely television behind us Re -brand now. Rebrand alert. Mm. Rebrand alert. You will have seen it. Uh, we've got a new logo. It's the same logo, but now it glows. Uh, and we've gone blue. from orange to blue, really, but yeah. still a little bit of orange mm. involved. And it looks super smart and super swish. And uh, we'd like to thank Sam Driver of Cultaholic yes. uh, for helping us put all this stuff together. Mm -hmm. uh, it looks really, really lovely. And we've had lots of wonderful feedback from all of you guys who are enjoying it too. Uh, I think it looks great. Yeah, I do. I agree mm. with you. We've got some new... Scarlet Fire! Slates for the we podcast have, if yeah, you're if you watching watch the video version. The video version, oh, you will yeah. see those. Those have been updated too. The, the music is not going there. The Scarlet Fire, it will always be Scarlet. Yeah. And on fire. Much yeah. like Grease. Much like Grease, Much yeah. like Grease. Um, and also there'll be a couple of other changes coming to the... Sorry, not changes, alterations. Mm. Triple yeah. Jump is altering. Yeah. Uh, that uh, Ashton will detail for you in a second. But first, it's time to talk about uh, our wonderful sponsor. For this week, each and every week, we are sponsored by a very real video game adjacent sponsor. They help us keep the lights on in this room. Uh, still no sign of Dead Island 2, the I spider. I haven't been to the toilet this morning, so I toilet. don't know if he's still in there. Uh, I haven't checked. Maybe he came on holiday with me. Maybe you left him in Greece. Oh Maybe I left God. him in Greece. I hope he's set on fire. <laughs> I'm going to miss that rascal. He's probably around somewhere. Peter has the ad read in front of him now. Got an ad read right here. It's a new IP, a new video game's coming out with a whole new character, a whole new everything. Mm. Um, it's about a, um, a, a sort of a superhero um, or detective, whichever you like. A superhero detective like Batman. I feel like that matters. No. Is he a one or the other? Or? The, the point is he gets yeah. baddies. He gets them. Yeah. He catches the baddies. Okay, well, remember that Ashton's not operating on a lot of sleep. So right. Ashton is like the level of, like, the, is the bare minimum. I'm she has lost. to She has like, to understand this, right. okay? You're going to need to explain it to her. There's this guy. Yeah. His name's Alan. Okay. Right. right? Yes. And he fights, like, you know, all, all the wrong-ins in the world. He right. goes and catches them. All He's also hot as flip. Oh. Wow. He's really hot. Uh, and one of the things that he fights is like space time traveling dinosaur things, you know, the space traveling time travel traveling dinosaurs. That are, right. Yeah. 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 Uh, coming soon. He's everyone's new favorite hero. Sexy crime owl. Sex, se maybe sexo crime owl, but sexo is not really a word, is it? Sexy sexo crime owl. Sexo sexy crime owl. owl. Okay. He's sexy. Yeah. And he's crime Al, as in he doesn't do the crimes. It sounds like he does the crimes. It does sound like he does the crimes. Mm -hmm. it sounds he like he does sexy crimes. It sounds crimes. like he does sexy crimes. Sounds like he's a predator. Yeah. But he's not. No. He defeats predators. He just does crimes in a sexy is, way. Is this all the subtitle? All yeah, this bit, all of this. All this yeah. additional stuff is I'd on like the box. I'd see him saunter into a bank in a sexy way. He say, would do that. Put your hands up. And then the T-Rex goes ass. like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Show me that ass. Yeah. That's what he would he's, say. He's a sexy wow. criminal. Um, if you couldn't tell by the fact that that's a terrible name and it doesn't really make a lot of sense, it's not actually real. Oh, um, I mean, I really thought How would you was... trick me when I'm so tired? I don't know. So um, rude. That's such a shame. And it's a shame you weren't here last week, Peter, because I also had an exoprimal oh, sponsor. And it was, okay. wow, that and one it, was even further went, removed. That went way over Ashton's head because she wasn't really 
conscious in the late 90s. Yeah. Right. I made lots of Walking with Dinosaurs references. Okay. I feel you like it would have been it. right up I your alley. I would have loved it. I'm and sure. unfortunately, you weren't here. You so had what plot. The pun was? It was. You turned the guy's name into a dinosaur name. Yeah, it was because the original was right. Here we go. The original was narrated by Kenneth Branagh. Yeah. Oh, was so it? it was. I I think I said that it was narrated by Kenneth Bra Branachiosaurus. Branachiosaurus. And then it was walking with Aeinosaurus. Yeah, walking okay. with Aeinosaurus. Uh, you got it. You got Aeinosaurus. Yeah, yeah right. that's what it was called. Yeah. Well, see, the other game coming out this month was Pikmin, mm. but I did Pikmin three weeks ago. Yeah, with Pac-Man. So, with Pac-Man. So, there were no other big games in July, really. It's hard, isn't it? Yeah. It's a hard gig, this. Um, so, maybe you would consider supporting us at home because we're not actually sponsored by, what was it? Sexy Crime Owl. Sexy, <laughs> sexy <laughs> Crime Owl. Uh, we're sponsored by our wonderful patrons over at patreon.com forward slash team triple jump. And if you go there and support us, you can submit questions to this podcast. There's loads of other tiers and rewards available as well. Patreon.com forward slash team triple jump. Please continue supporting us there, please. Mm, yes. Thanks very much. Um, but before we get to question one, mm. oh, everything's changing around here. Altering. Altering. Altering, sorry. Uh, I'm going to give you some places where you can find us on the internet. <laughs> you can't skip it anymore. Well, you, no, no, you, you won't well, know you exactly how much you can, but you can't. Well, gonna, don't worry, it's shortened. It's a shortened version. Yeah, we've yeah, cut some bits out. We've truncated it. All I'm going to say is head to triplej.merp, J-U.M-P. It spells jump. It's our website. And mm. if you go there, you can find links to everything else. It's all handy and it's there. So mm. you can find our YouTube, our Twitch, our Discord, our Cameo as well. So head to triplej.merp. You can also go to our shop, which is triplejumpshop.com, where you can buy sick and cool merch, such as most of this that's being modeled right now. Yeah, you can't buy this. Anymore. No, you no. can't buy that anymore. Not anymore. Um, and uh, there might be some more merch coming soon. Well, there will be some more yeah. merch coming soon. And finally, from me, patreon.com forward slash team triple jump. There are loads of tiers available. Ben just mentioned part of it. Um, but there's all sorts of other rewards as well that you can find if you go to our Patreon. So consider doing that. Mm -hmm. Ashton? There is. Yeah. Hey, yes. Hello. <laughs> uh, we have a video out this week. It's the worst games ever, which everyone loves all the time. But guess what? Mm. We're changing some things. Yeah. Uh, Oh, oh, sorry. Altering. Altering, Altering. some things. Uh, YouTube, hey, it's a minefield. N no one knows what's going on. No. You just have to try your best. Not even YouTube. So we're changing things a little bit on the channel. Uh, we're taking it down to three uh, lists a week. So one less a list. But don't worry. We're putting out even more ranked lists. With I don't know how many. We're tripling our output. That might be a promise we can't keep. Possibly. Uh, and we're also increasing the amount of feature pieces, which is things like what went wrong and new shows that we're developing, which I think you should watch. Uh, uh, so that's it's all changing. It's altering, altering. and for a good for a good way because uh, we know what you guys like and we want to make more of that. So mm. keep an eye out on the channel for some more stuff that is a bit different than what you're used to. Absolutely. And uh, those of you beautiful, wonderful Warus Clan member who love our core personality-led stuff, like your rules bosses and your your main menus, menus. where we're coming up with a plan to ensure that that spirit lifts on for to bring them, all of you. Bring them back from the ether that they're currently mm. swimming around. Yeah, they're all sort of taking a bit of a, a, a stay of, what is it, stay of... Leave, absence. Stay of leave, yeah. Execution. Sure, whatever that is. They're not on the channel stay at the of moment because of the... YouTube shenanigans that Ashton alluded to. YouTube is uh, is a tough old place, so we've had to shuffle some, th some things around, but we don't want you to think that we don't want to do those shows or we don't like doing them. We do love them, mm. but, mm. We are, but we are coming up with a way to sort of keep them going on the channel and making sure that they are sustainable to do so. So keep your eyes peeled. Yeah. All right? Yeah. We'll have more news soon. We will. Things are altering, but in a good way.
It's nice. It's all fun. Peter, do you have a question? I've got a question here. It's from Michael Milan, who says, Hello, BAP. The Library of Congress recently announced that the theme to Super Mario Bros. will be the first video game track to enter the National Recording Registry. What other tunes do you think should be entered next? Thank you, Michael. I've got a little bit of a write-up here um, from The Guardian. The original 1985 theme from the Super Mario from Super Mario Bros, as well as Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is yes. You and Madonna's 1984 album Like a Virgin are among the, quote, defining sounds of the nation's history and culture to be given a place in the U.S. National Recording <laughs> Registry, the Library of Congress has announced. The Super Mario Bros. music, officially known as The Ground Theme, mm. written by the young Nintendo composer Koji Kondo, becomes the first music from a video game to enter the registry, which the library called the most recognizable video game theme in history. The tune has appeared in countless Mario-related incarnations. How does it go, Ashton? <laughs> See, she's still Gosh. with it. Yeah. She added a few extra notes, <laughs> but the spirit was there. Was. <laughs> got a bit lost in the middle there. Sorry. Yeah. I kind of wasn't sure if I was going to stop, and then I just kept What's going to happen? You could just yeah, transition into a completely different song. Yeah. yeah. I think it's nice that there's lots of uh, non US stuff going into this because mm. the rest of the article was saying things like uh, I think there's a an album from The Police going in there. Yeah. Uh, Led Zeppelin's Stairway to Heaven is going mm -hmm. in there and things. I think, mm -hmm. that's not, I think that's sensible, you know, because it, it is, they are it's snapshots human of, history. yeah, mm. snapshots of, of popular culture at certain times. Yeah. That's good. I think there's two schools of thought to answer this question. Right. Yeah. So do I. I think there's whether you go down uh, the iconic songs, like songs that everyone who hears them is like, wow, that's a great song. Mm. Or you go for songs that have made an impact culturally, which I think is a different than iconic songs. Mm -hmm. I have one for each because I, I think there's one that's made a big cultural impact, but it's not necessarily the most iconic song okay. in video gaming. Right. Yeah. I My two schools of thought are very similar to that in that like, it's it's either something like the Mario theme where even your grandma possibly knows. It's certainly your mum does. Mm. Mm -hmm. I know your mum and she definitely knows the, the Mario theme. Say hello to your mum. Yeah. yeah. Versus, you know, what's the best video game music, which is not necessarily what they want to be putting in the, the national flipping whatever it's called Re recording, recording registry <laughs> yeah um you know it's it's more about it has to be something that pretty much everyone's going to recognize or has significance to everyone so the answer isn't necessarily the, the question isn't necessarily what's the best video game music it is more what's the most iconic or recognizable i think tetris maybe falls into mm, the latter category i made a note about that right because the Tetris theme is actually it's another song. It's not it's right. not just the Tetris theme. Mm. And this isn't this isn't me going, um actually, I just thought no. it was, I just thought it was really interesting. Right. So if you allow me to chime in. Yeah. It is. Um it's a nineteenth century Russian filk song, I've read folk song, <laughs> right. Called Koro Ben Beniki. Well, there you go. They, oh, they have you play it chip tune. It's mm -hmm. Tetris. It's the Tetris theme. Yeah. Um so I think that might be the the best candidate for what their criteria probably are. Mm. Uh, whereas my criteria, or if there was a sort of a separate registry for specifically video game music, where that's already a prerequisite, then you could start throwing in things like Still Alive from Portal. Yeah. Yes. You could put various things by Jeremy Soule in there. Mm -hmm. You could, the, the police could be double title holders because you could put Stuart Copeland in there with Spyro. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. That's more of a personal choice. It's not necessarily the best soundtrack of all time, but... Um, 
So all sorts really is possible if you sort of widen it to, hey, if you're a video game, you're great, you can come in and let's just pick some good ones rather than does your mum know it? Ashton? <laughs> Every song has to pass the does, does your, your mum know it? it? Yeah. You're an expert on mums. Yeah. What's your uh, answer? So I, my first song, which I think is an iconic, not an iconic song, a cultural shift song. Mums do know it, mm. but not because it's in the game. Okay. I personally think that like, like a, a cultural shift in video games was This Girl Is On Fire from the end of Borderlands oh 3. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, okay. Mums know it. Mums love it. I and also that, that song, what was that about? That, that was I such think a is strange ending. Such a video game historical moment mm. that I just feel like we don't talk about enough mm -hmm. uh, in that everyone who played that game and got to that point there was a, a universal moment of what is happening? I definitely talked about it on the podcast at the time, but at me, the time, and, yeah. me and my yeah, friend yeah, yeah. who played through it in co-op, we just burst out laughing. Yeah, so did we. Like, what? what? Like something was like, bit, has what? happened and you've, you know, a character that you care about is something happens to them and you're just suddenly affronted by Alicia Keys and you're like, what? why is this happening? What's happening? Because it was meant to be like this, this uh, impactful, yeah. sort of kind of somber yeah. moment. And then they were like, it's time for girl power. Yeah, it's girl power time. Yeah, absolutely. It's never been less fitting. Yeah, hasn't uh, it? So I think awful. that just like as a historical moment should definitely go in the national recording. <laughs> well, yeah, if you start doing it. stuff that's already it was already pop music. There are some good kind that you could do like Mad World, mm. which yeah. was in that trailer for um, uh, Halo Gears War. Gears of War was it Halo? Which is mm. the Halo one that had the. Yeah, mm. with the with the figures. Yeah, I think toys. that was Halo. Yeah, mm. I think Mad World was Gears of War. <laughs> it's one of them. Yeah. <laughs> Don't know. And Xbox. then the other song I think you should put in there, just because it's a great song, and I think everyone who plays this game would be like, oh yeah, whenever they hear it, it gives them the good feel, the good mm. feels. Mm -hmm. uh, the Final Fantasy VII main theme is pretty great. Also, I think a lot of the Kingdom Hearts music is pretty iconic yeah, in is. terms of people who've played those games recognize them instantaneously. Mm -hmm. um, I think, yeah, Final Fantasy or uh, Kingdom Hearts games would be great. But personally, I think they should add um, that girl, this girl's on fire from Borderlands 3. And it shouldn't be like, oh, just Alicia Keys. It should be from Borderlands from 3. Borderlands. Yeah, <laughs> and it should be enshrined with the like ending cinematic as well just mm. to with no context with no context you just get the last like five minutes of the game and then you get that song and that's what you get and iconic iconic moments from history Borderlands 3 and mm -hmm. it was Gears of War right but then there's also a lot of responses um, for Halo Mad World as well so I don't maybe I don't, they both used that no idea song. no idea it's such a catchy uplifting tune yeah, yeah. Uh, I, you know what? I just put a load of songs I thought were nice, mm. and uh, some of them I can I would consider iconic. Some of them I would I just think are very nice, mm -hmm. and uh, I would recommend everyone go and listen. I believe this is on Spotify, maybe in some other places. The greatest video game music, as performed by the London Philharmonic uh, yeah. Orchestra. Mm -hmm. I had that album, and I listened to it a lot. And when I was looking up some music uh, to get an answer for this question, that popped up, and I basically just looked at the track list and went, "Oh yeah, yeah, oh." <laughs> Yeah, that, oh, you know what, I that agree. one's actually really good as well. Uh, so the not the Final Fantasy VII theme, but just the Final Fantasy theme that's in all of the Final Fantasy games, mm -hmm. but like slightly different. That's an iconic one. Aerith's theme from Final Fantasy VII. It's a very iconic piece of music. Persona 5, Last Surprise. That yeah. should, why is that not in there? 
that's the best video game music ever made. They'll never see it coming. They'll never see it come. Exactly. <laughs> uh, the Mass Effect 2 suicide mission. Fantastic piece of music that ramps up and basically sounds like a track from Doctor Who, uh, the, uh, the apex of it. The Elder Scrolls theme. Mm. That's a very good one. Uh, GTA 4, Soviet Connection. I think that's my favorite GTA uh, theme song. It's Don't really, really good. Name, but... uh, it's the dun 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 That one. Mm-hmm. Can I ask you a question quickly? Yes. What's, What's the G- what GTA game is it where he goes, Ah, oh, here we go again? San, San Andreas. When I was at the pool the other day, that song started playing and I was like, This is from GTA and I was convinced, but no one what, else seems to the San Andreas. <laughs> and theme. it had that bit at the beginning of it and it, I was like, This is from Yeah, this is from GTA and I was like, What's going on? Am I weird? Yeah, it was really weird. That's very strange. No one seemed Someone's... to be reacting to it apart from me, so I was a bit confused. It's not a piece of music you would sort of just listen to for no. fun, is no. it? No, it was weird, That's weird very... vibes. Were you... Did you have sunstroke? Yeah. <laughs> was this I real? <laughs> just lying there in 42 degree heat <laughs> yeah, and you yeah. can hear... I'm like, oh, No oh, flip, oh, here we go. No okay. water in her body, just yeah. gin. Just gin. Uh, I've also got Nathan Drake's theme mm-hmm. from Uncharted. That's good. The Legend of Zelda theme. <laughs> That's oh, an that's iconic one. Iconic, yeah. And then uh, I put the Tetris theme as well. So there's there's a few. Um, Halo uh, main theme is a great one. Yeah, I th- there's a lot of really good. I thought I put that one down, but uh, I have fair. not. Yeah, there's there's flipping tons, but there's there's a handful. Video game music's the best, man. Yeah, it's just such it a is. shame that we can't celebrate it on the channel by like playing it because then we'll get copyright struck. Yeah, into yeah. A because we live in a hellscape. Lists of like <laughs> best best soundtracks and stuff. Yeah, we just but, can't do them. No. Yeah, we just we, we can just talk about them. There's a um, I think it's an hour. I think it might be a weekly segment for about an hour on Classic FM yes. called High Score or High yes. Scores, mm. where they just play video game music. They've got a Hall of Fame, haven't they? Um, uh, the Classic FM Video Game Hall of have Fame. Got a Video Game Hall of Fame. I think so. Work. Yeah, they mm. they they have a lot of stuff. They do a lot of work for video game mm. scores, which is nice. Yeah. Uh, so there we are. It's time for something a little bit new, Ashton. Uh, you can read this one because yeah. we did this for the first time last week when you were also here. Yeah. Uh, you have so. to fly by seat your pants. Yeah. Just work out what. It yeah, uh, I think it's called What We Playing. Yes. It's What We Playing time. Time to talk about the games what we have been playing. Peter Austin, what have you been playing? I played a few things this fortnight because I wasn't here last week. Um, I have probably, first and foremost, let's say, to quote the tweet that I put out pretty much word for word, against all odds, I have rolled credits on Star Wars Jedi Survivor. I saw your tweet. You did not have a good time with that. No, not really. Um, Not technically speaking. I was, um, I I quite liked the story. Um, I think the thing about both of those games um, is that I do feel like there's a bit of busy work story-wise where, particularly early on in um, Survivor, there were a few levels where you're kind of just trying to get to like over there, like way over there kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You like walk out, there's a vista. He says, oh, we need to get over there. Todd Howard's in your ear going, you can actually get to that mountain. Um, you can actually <laughs> yes. walk up to that mountain. And then you are just flipping around trying to get to the mountain. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, like I preferred the levels where I was dropped into like an Imperial base or whatever. And it's like, make your way through the corridors, which I guess is still ultimately just you trying to get to where you're going. Mm -hmm. And I guess in most video games, really, you're just trying to get over there. But there was something about the massive wide open wilderness levels where in in both games, the the first one as well, I just kind of felt like, yeah, okay, when I finally get there, I'm going to have a bit of story progression. And then I'm just Mm going to be wandering again for another half an hour 
Um, so that I didn't like so much. But as I've said, I think every time I've spoken about this game on previous podcasts, I've enjoyed just being a Jedi and being able to like dash through the air and flip around and and do some nice sort of um, uh, traversal and stuff like that. So that was all great. And although I saw part of the twist coming in so much as who who was involved in the twist, mm-hmm. um, I you know I saw that happening. Uh, I didn't really see the kind of the other components of it and Mm -hmm. yeah i just don't want to be too spoilery but yeah so i was still sort of surprised even though i saw one of the aspects of the of the the sort of third act coming i really enjoyed the last sort of third of the game Mm -hmm. um but yeah unfortunately probably in the in the entirety of me playing it it must have crashed maybe maybe like seven or eight times oh that's no good um and the frame rate was not stable even though i had it in performance mode and I had a few other just like little glitches as well here and there. So I didn't have a great time. And it meant that like all I wanted to do was finish the game before it sort of crashed again. Like I just wanted to do as much as I could before it broke down on me, which meant that I, apart from when the game leads you in there on like one or maybe two occasions, I never, ever set foot in the saloon uh, in oh, the entire wow. game. I just decided not to. I'm not doing this. I well, don't have... I mean, the to, time or the patience. To be fair, it takes mm-hmm. ages to load going in and yeah. out. Right. So with with the way it was running on your console, there's a good chance that it would have crashed there yeah. every yeah. time. So I never went into the saloon apart from when I had to. I never spoke to a single NPC on Kobo uh, apart from the ones I had to. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, there's the whole meme about, I don't even know his name because he wasn't in my game very much. What's the frog boy called? Turgle. Turgle. Yeah. Uh, there was the cutscene where he's introduced and all that stuff's happening. And then about... I don't know, three-fifths of the way through the game, he he appears very briefly where he's like, oh, thank God you're back. And those are the only two times I saw Turgle, <laughs> mm-hmm. pretty much. So I've not really had the thorough, full kind of experience. Maybe you of, had, like, the best experience because you didn't encounter Turgle. Possibly. Yeah, your nightmares are free. Yeah, maybe. Turgle. Maybe. So, um, yeah, I, unfortunately, I just don't, at the moment anyway, have the desire to go and sort of mop up any of the other bits and bobs so um i would i stopped and smelled the roses as much as i could when i was out doing my adventures so if i saw chests and things and things that were like clearly secret paths i would go off down those and try and collect like little fort you know the little force balls and stuff like that (laughs) but um yeah i I didn't do any sort of actual side quests Mm -hmm. uh the other thing i've played um i since last week when i wasn't here i've played some more pete's gauntlet in my own time which is the spyro one mod that someone has brought out where it randomizes all the levels and gives you weird abilities and stuff that's super fun um and i'm just sort of enjoying playing that in my own time now and then and then yesterday weirdly enough uh well not weirdly enough weirdly um cat our writer posted a clip of burnout three in slack because uh it was just a a video she'd found and she was like making a making a joke about it and sitting and watching that i just thought man i love burnout 3 (laughs) so last night i hooked up my ps2 and played some burnout 3 nice so nice had a good time doing that so that's what i've been playing um and now i'm looking for uh, a new game to play on my ps5 so maybe cheer Mm. don't know we'll see good idea ashton what have you been playing nothing Nothing. You've been away. I've not played nothing. <laughs> no, fair enough. I bought me played my GTA San Andreas in your dreams. Yeah, mm-hmm. I bought I bought my DS with me. We bought the Switch with us. We bought Ben had like six other little handheld consoles that he had to get out of his bag at customs, which was really fun. <laughs> uh, and I didn't play a single thing. 
I spent this week reading a book. Oh yeah, you read your oh, book. Oh yeah, how'd you, you get on? I finished my oh, book. Oh my god, she's I'm, done it. I know not made a big deal about this, but I'm really proud of myself that I finished this book. I saw your story on Instagram where you were like, "Don't tell me how much book I've still got left to read." No, and like, then I won't read the rest of the book. Uh, but I finished my book, mm-hmm. and I said last week that I had a goal to read it before I turned 26, and I'm not even turned 25 yet. So Whoa, that's I'm incredible. Ahead of my, ahead so of are you gonna read another book, or is that I've it? I've downloaded the second one in the series, but I'm oh. very much aware that I'm back to real life now, where there's like a hundred other things to do right. so yeah. uh, I'm not sure if I'm ever going to finish it but I have another holiday probably before next year so mm-hmm. hopefully read two books read another book then I could read two, bit, two books but that's all I did just read books finished wow. it uh, yesterday when we were at the pool and yeah what I was book was it? Proud. it's called A Court of Thorns and Roses okay it's a fancy book. Mm-hmm. It's a bit sexy. Whoa. How sexy was it in the end? Because you said Actually, there was like mild sex. Not as sexy. sexy. Apparently, they get sexier as you the more books you Whoa. read. Wow. There was only, I think, maybe like one or two bits of sexy. Oh, the rest okay. of it was like fantasy, intrigue, and drama. Mm. That's not as fun, is it? No. Not but as next fun. time, though. Next fun. So you got motivation to. I already started reading the on. second one. There was already within the first five percent sexy so brilliant <laughs> yeah. you extrapolate that up it's just going to be wall to wall wall to wall the sex. last book is sex. is just sex just for eight sex. hours of reading yeah. with like just one scene of political intrigue yeah. where they stop for a breather and they're like yeah. they read the they get their phone out and they're like oh trump's been impeached oh <laughs> anyway back, back to, to it to sex. <laughs> yeah but i've not played a single thing this week so what have you played how liberating i know mm, that's nice i didn't even play mobile games Whoa. What about your fashion? Yeah. I didn't even play it. I picked up for the first time on the plane yesterday. Oh, no. That's how much I was enjoying my book. How crazy is that? That's that is crazy. That is crazy. <laughs> we going to have to, see that. to change the entire trajectory of the channel to be a book channel. Mm. Yeah. I don't yeah. even know. What for I'm, my one book I've read. For the one. Well, now you're an expert. You know, when True. was the last time Peter read a book? Probably never, right? Um, Two days ago. Exactly. Yeah. See, like, it doesn't even count. No. So no. there we are. Uh, I played a few things. I started Oxenfree 2 because that is now out and that's very exciting. Definitely feels like more Oxenfree, mm-hmm. which isn't a bad thing because I loved the first Oxenfree. I, I simply have not had the time to go back to it, though. And uh, I'm looking forward to dedicating more time to basically just finish it because I can't imagine it's that long considering the first game was beatable in one sitting mm. reasonably so uh, hopefully I can finish that off but it's uh, so far it's set on an island very close to the original island and there seems to be maybe some sort of the amnesia stuff going on I'm not entirely sure because you play as the same character but she doesn't seem to have any memory of what came before and so that's not built to anything yet and i am intrigued and i want to know what's going on and it's like just leaned right into the spooky weirdness immediately which was quite fun uh sort of like your smut books yeah now in the second game it's just like the first five percent just like boo and how many more boos well yeah for (laughs) your book yeah but there are no boobies in this one yet uh so looking forward to playing more of that i played some more final fantasy 16 I'm starting to understand the viewpoint now of people who have said that it doesn't really feel like a Final Fantasy game. I don't think that's a bad thing, to Mm. be clear, because I'm still really liking it. I think the combat's fantastic. But it was only when I entered combat and they introduced a new mechanic where they said, oh, by the way, uh, some like sorcerers may cast like barrier on some of your some of your enemies and you're going to need to use a special ability to, to cut through that. And it made me realize, oh, yeah, 
Final Fantasy used to have like tons of status effects and spells you could do, like to slow, like slow and mm. stop and all this stuff, mm-hmm. you know, to stop people from doing magic and so on and so forth. And it was just in that moment that sort of a light switch went off and, and I realized, oh yeah, this is actually extremely different. This is very different. It's okay. I think it's good because I'm really liking it. But I, I am starting to understand that viewpoint now. And I can see why some people might not like it as much because it's not much like a traditional Final Fantasy game. But I'm still having a good time. So I'm going to keep playing it. Diablo 4 has also been played a, a little bit because that's just so easy to play. And I also played a bit of Loco Roco and kind of just mashed my way through a couple of levels and saved absolutely no blobs whatsoever because I'm not very good at it and I just want to jump until I get to the end of the stage, yeah. which is what I do. So there we are. That's what I've played. Amazing. Well, I think we've actually got a little something. I think I can see something just over there. Oh. We've got to do some traversal to get to it. <sighs> it's time to head to Review Corner. Oh. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to Review Corner. It's very lovely and cosy over here, isn't it, James? Hello, Ashton. Yes, it is. But surprisingly filled with I, dinosaurs. Yeah, Jesus, who let all of these let things these in? these bad boys yeah, in? Yeah, it's just a weird portal opened and there's just crap tons of them. Yeah, James, you've been playing a game this week. I have. It's a dinosaur game. little clue there. Yeah. Which one is it? Love my dinosaur games. It's Exoprimal. Um, so, yeah, this is available on uh, Game Pass and I believe... Uh, well, I'll have to double check that, but I believe uh, most other platforms, yes, apart from I maybe the Switch, so. yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's certainly an interesting thing. It's, hey, do you think that Overwatch could do with a few more dinosaurs? Always, that's what I've always said. Yeah, I've always said that. that's what I reckon. I mean, this is kind of that. I mean, <laughs> in a way. Uh, maybe a bit harsh, mm, but... Maybe, but I've heard other people say that yeah. before the game came out, that early reviewers were saying... It's basically Overwatch, but also mm. with dinosaurs. Yeah, it's, it's a weird one. It's, uh, but is it fun? They, they, they try to do a certain sort of unique thing, but yeah. it's I'd, Okay, well, is it fun is a question. I thought that it was it can be fun for a little bit of time, mm-hmm. but I also think there's a lot of missed opportunities is the, the short takeaway from this. Right. Um, so basically, uh, it is a PvPVE game. Yeah, one of those popular things where you got like, uh, yeah, there, there's you're playing two teams against hordes of dinosaurs, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got different classes or exosuits in this case, um, but uh, yeah, and like a lot of these things, you you can swap out any time, not even between like uh, lives. Um, you just swap out whilst you're in the action. Uh, all of them have different abilities and uses, uh, an ultimate power, a few other like you know, sort of smaller abilities and whatnot. Yeah, your typical, um, like, class-based Yeah, and they're all sort of... Yeah, and they're, like, split up into, you know, sort of damage-dealing tank mm-hmm. and healer mm-hmm. uh, classes. And I think there's about, like, what, three, six, eight, and then one extra that's, like, you got to pay for right. um, in each one. So, yeah, the Overwatch comparisons are kind of, like, um, forgiven there because it's very, very similar there. Um Basically, there's only one game mode, but the whole point is like you're uh, so it's split into two phases. It's kind of a weird setup, really. But the first phase is like you follow a set path with your team. I think it's like up to five on a team. Mm-hmm. Um, you kill some dinos, and there are a lot of dinos. We'll, we'll get into that, and that's it's quite impressive in some respects. Mm-hmm. Um, or you defend a spot by killing all the dinos. Basically, that's your first phase. You've got to kill a lot of dinos, and you've got to do it faster than the other team. 
Um, and then in the second round, whoever gets, uh, you know, ahead first gets a little bit of a bonus. And the second round is similar to, I think, an Overwatch game mode or Team Fortress 2. You've got to, like, stick near um, an objective and sort of push it forward. Right. Okay. Uh, essentially. Um, and then, you know, a few sort of obstacles, again, dinosaur-related <laughs> <laughs> obstacles uh, pop up. And then the PvP aspect seems to only happen at the end of the second round right. or towards the second half of that. Uh, and yeah, you know, first person to the end wins. It's, um, yeah, it's it's a weird setup. And, so you're um, not kind of like fighting the whole way through, like kind of not to compare it so much to Overwatch, but with mm, sort of like Capture the Flag or like the ones yeah. where you have to push through with that big robot thing. Yeah. You have to fight the entire way through to try and go back and forth. But is it just it's, literally like... You're doing your own thing, and then suddenly there's other people. Also. It's yeah, it's basically it, and that's one of my um, one of my gripes against that because it, it almost the game almost doesn't seem to know what it wants to be in that right. sense. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like a, a lot of it isn't PvP. Like mm. you, I I think on stream when I played it, um, uh, streams available on VOD's channel. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, I was trying to find opportunities to find other people and it just wasn't possible unless I missed something obvious in that sort of first round of, of each game. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, towards the end, you get a bit of PvP, but it feels very... And, and the actual PvP is interesting. It, it seemed a little bit more exciting, but I can't tell whether that's just in comparison to fighting off, you know, waves, waves of, of dinosaurs. AI dinos, yeah. yeah. Which um again was fun for a little bit, but yeah, I think I think my main gripe is that uh both sides of this game do does seem repetitive after mm. not too long. Uh and obviously there's like only one game mode and stuff, yeah. Maps so, yeah. and stuff like to mix up the mm. Um so there's one game mode and it's fight dinosaurs for mm-hmm. two rounds and then fight each other at the end to win, yeah. basically. That's and is it, there maps to mix that up at all? Well, I'm not sure how many different maps. I'm pretty sure there was at least two, but that's another interesting thing. So, like, because of the setup, you've got to follow that set path. The maps almost seem redundant. Like, you're you're not really exploring very much, and half mm. of the, the objectives seem to be, like, defend this zone anyway. And um, one time when I did sort of try and explore a bit more of the map, it was like, you're going too far away from the combat zone. We will warp you back. It's like, for God's sake, why design a whole map mm. when you're not going to show half of it? Um, I think the paths through the maps with each game vary. So you will see that over yeah. multiple games. But it's, um, yeah, and, and even with the PvP at the end, it only happens when, because you each have your own individual things to push whatever they are mm. um and then it's only towards the end it feels like you're just shooting down a corridor with like maybe one or two different avenues and it's yeah um weird very very strange setup yeah it almost doesn't feel like the game's like finished uh it feels like there should be more exactly yeah like, <laughs> this why is isn't it. there just a, a player versus dinosaur like wave-based mm. mode why isn't there just mm-hmm pvp mode why is there just one well that's that is uh one of many questions i've had you're right it's uh it's very unusual i mean to be fair you can select whether you want a pvp element in there or whether it just wants to be pve uh with the game mode before you start Mm -hmm. but um that is i don't know it feels like the pve isn't strong enough to carry it on its own so um i yeah just, just a little bit about like the the characters themselves like the the different roles can be fun like i'm not saying it's not 
amazing. Uh, it, it can be fun for a little time. And it's all very flashy, and some of the abilities are like it's it's nothing too out there. You know, you got one you know, your tank. People can either put up a big barrier like uh, your old mate on Overwatch, or <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't played Overwatch really. Um, and you know, like uh, another one has like a big dome thing. You've got healers that can you know heal, or um, you've got like a variety of damage dealers. That's one's melee class, one's um, uh, yeah melee and very fast. One one is uh, sort of shooty. One's grenade and explosives. There's some variety there, and they do look pretty flashy. But it, I don't know. It feels like there's something missing. It feels a little bit soulless and mm. and whatnot. So. And because you don't get a lot of the PvP action in there um, until the end, it feels like some of those abilities are maybe... You, you don't have to really think too much about doing the dino killing aspects. Yeah. Um, on, on the dinosaur aspect, actually, it's, it's interesting. So, like, a lot of, it, a lot of the um, sort of press release stuff the, mm. and, and trailers and stuff show the waves of raptors. And that's quite impressive tech. It's, yeah, it's... Um, pretty cool to like be fighting off those waves upon waves of, of raptors like at the start. Uh, you've you've got other things that show up. You've got you know like um, T Rexes. You've got Carnotaurus, which is you know like a tiny um, mini Rex sort of thing. <laughs> you've you've got Pteranodons. You've got Triceratops. All that sort of stuff. Um, so there's a bit of variety, but it's not really that much mm. um, in terms of you don't have to adopt many different tactics. Essentially, you're just shooting them. Mm. Um, and yeah, so that's another thing that seems like a missed opportunity. One thing I should mention is uh, so they have another couple of like minor features that don't pop up enough. So you can like put down little barriers or turrets and stuff. Uh, and you can also have a pickup uh, where you can control a, uh, a dinosaur and set it loose on the enemy team to slow oh. them down. That was probably the coolest part of the game. And it <laughs> makes me sad that they haven't, you know, made more of a big thing about that. Yeah. Um, because it's only a pickup. It's kind of like, you know, you think like Star Wars Battlefront, uh, the, the newer games where it's like you can only be the really cool Jedi or Darth Vader if you get this one pickup amongst, you know, 64 players. So mm. it's, yeah, there's there's that thing. Um, the other thing that this game does kind of weirdly is there's a story here and it's insane. I couldn't really explain it to you beyond the, the basics. But... I watched the very beginning of the like the game yesterday mm. and it was the story was already convoluted before we even got into the game. I think oh, yeah. the, like yeah. the basic premise is there's this thing called the Leviathan that's like yeah, dropping dinosaurs AI. to test the exoprimals suit people. Pretty you know, much. Exosuit gang. I yeah. mean, yeah, in a game like this, by the sounds of things, the story is essentially <laughs> pointless and just for Yeah, see it. It's it's um you know the game inherently is kind of silly just by its concept anyway. Mm. So the story is a weird one where it's like it's clearly silly. It's clearly not taking itself seriously, but then sometimes it is. Right. And um yeah, uh, basically as you said, you pretty much know about the same amount of story as I do, yeah. <laughs> having watched the thing, and I'm still confused. I think at one point. You know, you're training against a real threat, but then at one point you get sent back in time or something. I, I don't know. <laughs> the the other thing is like they it's the way it's sort of integrated because like it crams a lot of story right at the start. And then uh, that's another thing as well. It's a bit of a faff starting up because you have to link up a Capcom ID, oh. which is just, why, why are you doing this? Come on. <laughs> um, that was a lot of faff. And then you've got to sit through like what felt like 20, 30 minutes of, uh, of story, which for something that 
seems designed like an arcade you know, drop in and play with your mates sort of thing. Mm. Feels a bit like a, it's a big roadblock to actually get into the game. Yeah. Um, but the story itself, you know, they, they've clearly put a lot of effort into it. Um, as you sort of progress through your one game mode, mm-hmm. um, you basically, you know, build up progress towards the next chunk of the story. Is there a season pass? Is there, uh, is there like an idea that they're going to add more in? Because it reminds me of like Splatoon so. 3 where they're like, mm. this month's game mode and maps are this and then there's yeah. new stuff. But well, that's that's good. You know, that's immediately a, a benefit because game modes plural. But well, yeah, that's Splatoon. But <laughs> With Splatoon, I don't know. yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, it, it is uh, unfortunately there's a game part uh, game pass. There's season a uh, pass. season pass. Um, yeah, there are some loot boxes and some cosmetics and stuff. Which you know, for um, I suppose it's it's yeah would be more forgiven if a lot of people expected to play on Game Pass. If you actually dropped money on it, it's kind of annoying and. Again, some games can do this approach right. Mm-hmm. This feels like there's not much incentive to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's it's very much like they're... I think they are going to keep supporting it. And, you know, I hope they do because there's, there's a lot of, like, potential in there. And it can be fun at times. That's the thing. But, yeah, I just yeah. want to say with the story as well, it has this ridiculous, the most ridiculous way of, like, setting it up. One of the options on the main menu, you go to this, bizarre again convoluted story wheel thing and it's a lot of different things coming out you know i just want to replay the cutscene so i can actually maybe understand what the hell's going on (laughs) yeah and you've got to decipher all of this nonsense that was kind of silly as well but but yeah well there we have it exoprimal (laughs) has potential but it's definitely not yeah finished in terms of the content yeah this is the thing i yeah i i just think that there's if they are going to improve it, it'll be it'll be interesting. It, mm. it could be interesting at least, but it feels like they should have either focused on the PVE, make that more varied, or you know tighten up that balance between that and the PvP. Yeah. Different game modes. The exosuits aren't really that interesting either. There's not <laughs> a lot of like you know personality with them where you know that's the big sort of um, one of the big selling points of games like Overwatch mm. and, and Team Fortress and whatnot. So it's like yeah. Um, it it's on Game Pass, so it is worth a try if you're looking for something, you know, maybe a little bit mindless, and it is fun. It'll probably be quite fun to, uh, you know, play with uh, a group of friends, um, you know. But overall, um, don't expect too much. Maybe keep an eye on it for the future. But wow. yeah. Thanks, James. Let's, Thank uh, you very much. Let's head back over to the regular podcast, shall we? Oh, gotta go. Bye. And now it's time for question two, which comes from Dan Clapper. Hey, Bap, what are your thoughts on the replacement of Xbox Live Gold with Game Pass Core this week? Is it all too confusing? Should we, not just, have to, should we just not have to pay a subscription for multiplayer access anymore? Well, Dan, I've Thanks, got a little Dan. write-up here. Thank you so much for asking the question. Um, this is from Eurogamer. The link will be in the dump. Um, well, Microsoft has officially killed off its long-running Xbox games with Gold offering and lifted lid on its replacement Xbox Games yeah, Xbox Game Pass Core. Xbox Game Pass Core is make, makes its debut on the 14th of September. Oh, sorry, and is described by Microsoft as the evolution of Xbox Live Gold for the same price of seven pounds, ten dollars a month or £40, $60 a year, Game Pass Core includes online gaming and a secret 
a select collection of over 25 games to play with friends around the world. This will grow over time. Game Pass Core brings online play together with Game Pass and a new offering for gamers around the world, Microsoft said. This new offering from Xbox places games with gold. We wanted to use opportunity to reimagine how to include content with this subscription. We found the answer to the most compelling catalogue was to leverage select titles from our Xbox Game Pass catalogue, Microsoft explains. Things like Dishonored 2 and uh, Hellblade was on there, Among Us. Uh, I think you a have full a full list. list. Yeah. Mm. Uh, we've got Among Us, Descenders, Dishonored 2, Doom Eternal, Fable Anniversary, Fallout 4, Fallout 76, Forza Horizon 4, Gears 5, Grounded, Halo 5 Guardians, Halo Wars 2, Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice, Human Fall Flat, Inside, Ori and the Will of the Wisps, Psychonauts 2, State of Decay 2, and The Elder Scrolls Online Tamriel Unlimited. Indeed. Uh, Game Pass Core will launch multiple titles on Xbox Studios in- included. More games will be released on the service following its launch two or three times a year. Anyone who's already a member of Xbox Live Gold will automatically become a Game Pass Core member of on the 14th September with no change in pricing. Um, the Games with Gold will close on the 1st September. Users will, will be able to access any Xbox One games with redeemed through service providing with the Game Pass membership. That I just did not say any words then. That's fine. <laughs> you can still play games that you've already got. Uh, I can't read anymore. Uh, That's fine. I think you did you a very good it, job. Right? You got yeah, it, right? Yeah. You did a great job, we actually. Figured well it out. done. Well done. Um, I don't know. I've seen a few people say online that like, oh, this is a bit confusing, isn't it? And there's like so much to, to go at now. And, you know, it's like PlayStation. There's just so many tiers and I'm, I don't know what's going on. I don't think it's necessarily that confusing. I think it's um, it would be nice for, every, for, for both um, Sony and Microsoft to just offer like, hey, here is a thing you can sign up to that is just you now have access to, to online play. You don't have to like, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll remove the whatever, we, whatever value we place on this list of games that you can play that comes bundled with it. It's a bit like how I feel about Amazon Prime. I don't want to have to, can I pay less, please, and just get free shipping on stuff? Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to be paying for video and God You don't want to watch The else. Boys? I don't want to watch you don't The Boys. You want to watch The Lord of the Rings? There's no. so many Hallmark movies on there. So many. Uh, and about then, Supernatural. Um, That's crap, and yeah. I'm slowly watching all of it. It has got a Twitch sub though, which you can Gosh. spend on us. At you can Amazon dots something. I don't know, um, but yeah, I think that it would be nice if if every um, uh, if Sony and Microsoft just said like, hey, you can just pay like a, a like a really low fee per year, preferably nothing. It would be nice if you could just play online for free, but mm. whatever. I guess they have to, you know look after their service and stuff, make money, <laughs> business. Uh, but yeah, that would be a nice option. But, you know, the fact that they've said, hey, here's a thing where you can have online access and there's a bunch of games thrown in that you can play if you want to. I'm okay with it. And uh, I, I don't know if you two are feeling this is a kind of a confusing move or a bad move, but I have seen a few people online saying like, what's going on? And I don't really agree. Dun, 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 right? Indeed. Axel yeah. F. Yeah. It was the crazy frog. I yeah. follow him on you Twitter. Him. Um, I don't think it's that confusing. However, I do think it is unnecessary and weird. Uh, I think that um, <laughs> it's the same thing with PlayStation Plus in that it's like, yeah, cool. You can play online, but also here's just some mm. games that, if you want them, if you fancy them. Um, and I do feel like, I don't know if we're in a time where we need to be paying for online uh, gaming, what, abilities. I think that it's just unnecessary. Most games nowadays come with like inbuilt sign up to our specific version of online game mode. Like, mm-hmm. you know, Overwatch has their own like 
login. What's it called? I don't know. I can't remember. There's a name for it. Um, and like everywhere seems to have their own thing to sign up to. So why do I also have to be paying Sony for the privilege of using my own internet? Doesn't make sense, does it? If you I have a question, I don't know if you guys know this. Hmm. If you have an online game like Call of Duty and hmm. you've paid for the game, can you still not play online on PlayStation if you haven't got PlayStation Plus? Yes. Yeah. You, as in, you, yeah, you can't play, but you can play free-to-play games. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, it's just kind of, I feel like it's unnecessary. I recently accidentally paid for Nintendo Online again. I didn't mean to. Uh, I forgot to cancel it. And I just don't feel like these games offer enough like there's not enough games, especially for Nintendo, where I feel like you need to play online. And I do feel like it's not necessary for anyone to have to play pay to play online anymore. I think that's just ridiculous. If you wanted to give people a, like a selection of games for like a cheaper price, like what PlayStation used to do with Now and then became whatever PlayStation Plus is now, uh, I feel like it's fine to be like, hey, if you want to pay a little extra, if you want to pay £3 a month, you can get just this selection of 25 games. And maybe we'll add some more, maybe we'll take some away as we go. It's like the PlayStation Plus collection. Mm -hmm. You can just pay for some of them and then that's all you get and you have to be happy with it. Oh, you just don't pay for it. And I just think it's kind of, it doesn't feel necessary to me. I don't feel like that, enough people will be struggling to like oh no one's playing for playstation live or xbox live anymore guess we'll have to put some games in i don't feel like that's a thing i think people are going to play for xbox live because they want to play online um but maybe they are sweetening the deal a little bit with some extra games uh so i guess maybe it's nothing to complain about because you're getting some free games for it but it just feels a bit weird i don't know why we have to keep paying for online memberships anymore there's so many ways of playing online without having to have these memberships so it feels unnecessary mm. is what i'm saying mm. i only play for playstation i don't know why i play for playstation plus actually well, that's minimum. why I don't anymore, because at the moment, I don't play online. No, so. I don't really play online very much at all. And I think my I'm always subdued in with the three monthly games, thinking this mm. month will be good, and then it never is. So, I don't know. I think it's not necessary, but chumps like me will just keep paying it because they keep forgetting that maybe one day I'll need it. Ridiculous. Anyway, mm. what do you think, Ben? I think it's uh, it's obviously sad that Xbox Live uh, is is gone. And it's, yeah. and it's dead. At least the branding is dead, you know, because how long has that been? I think since the launch of the original Decades, Xbox. Yeah. So it's like about 20 years now. Mm-hmm. That's very sad. You know, the end of an era. And uh, I think from a branding perspective, it makes perfect sense for Xbox Live Gold to just become a tier of Game Pass. Yeah. Because why wouldn't you just have them all under the same umbrella? Um, I, as, as someone who has... I think maybe being subscribed to Xbox Live Gold for maybe three months of my entire life. Um, I and just being an outside observer, I think that the the games with gold were often not really up to snuff, even less so than PlayStation Plus mm-hmm. uh, is monthly offerings that that are that are often criticised. I think games with gold was 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 viewed as perhaps not really being that worth it, and it was essentially just a way for people to play online and. The, uh, the whole Xbox ecosystem is so geared around subscriptions now uh, by design that I would not be surprised that the only reason they are doing this is because it's what they have to set it as to justify including the games that they're going to include. And there's going to be a lot of really, really heavy, like there's going to be a bombardment of advertising. Like, did you know that for like, you know, four pounds more a month, you could get access to 
all of the games in the Fallout yeah. series mm-hmm. and not just 4 and 76 or all of the Halo games and not just, what was it, 5 and Halo Wars yeah. 2. Dishonored 1, presumably, rather than... Exactly, yeah. Psychonauts 1, the, the other Ori game, uh, the, like the new Hellblade. There'll be so much like, hey... You know, come up, come in. The water's fine up here. Mm. It it just as much as anything else, it makes sense as I said for for branding. But it's it's clearly a very calculated move to try and get as many people to up their tier. But I do agree that it would be really nice. It's not going to happen, as we all know, yeah. unfortunately. It would be really nice to have either a free tier for just online, much like PlayStation and Nintendo used to be free. It's never been the case on Xbox, um, or or a very cheap tier. That, that doesn't include any free games and it's literally just online access. Maybe you don't, for example, on PlayStation, get access to cloud saves and things that, mm-hmm. that are proper PlayStation Plus perks. Um, because I feel like with the with the shift, especially on Xbox and PlayStation, for it being less about paying access to paying for access to the to to online functionality and more about access to free games and additional features for your consoles, that we're sort of we're sort of in a state of shifting that's similar to how mobile phone contracts are, where texts and minutes used to be, they used to demand a premium as yeah. part mm-hmm. of your monthly package. Now, you just get unlimited yeah. because they're worthless to, to you know telecommunications companies. They're just, they're, it's nothing to them. It's all about data mm-hmm. and the additional bolt-on stuffs that, you know, maybe get some Apple TV with it, maybe get, you know, a laptop with it or whatever Disney is part of your... Disney I used to get with my phone. Exactly. And I feel like we could very easily sort of have that with gaming as well however also with that analogy with with phones you can't just get a sim where it's just where it's just free texts of minutes you know it's all part of a bigger thing but it's still i think illustrative of the point that access to online isn't as important as it used to be as part of these subscription packages for video game systems it's all about additional services and access to games so it would be nice you know as you said three pounds a month for access to online Mm. that'd be lovely i would consider that but i do make good use of the uh, cloud save functionality and mm-hmm. stuff so mm-hmm. and also then it might add also some more confusion where there's another tier yeah available mm-hmm. i don't think it's that confusing personally just but, call it playstation uh, online or how about how, here's a crazy idea yeah. why don't you call it xbox live no yeah. that's yeah. never been done before uh but it is kind of sad to see the old branding go away because it's just been such a staple of the xbox mm. ecosystem for so long I, I'll be honest. I didn't know that Xbox Live was still a thing. I, I just thought Xbox they. Live I thought they just like for, for smushed it into Game Pass. If I'm honest, they just didn't. They just have not talked about Xbox Live Gold the for the I longest time. Is when I saw like people in like Tesco where you can get like gift vouchers and mm, they'd be yeah. like twelve months of Xbox Live Gold. That's like, all. Oh, I, that's still a that's thing. That's the only time I've ever seen it's it. It's all about Game Pass because you get access to online with Game Pass. So, yeah. yeah. So you know, it's just it's such a redundant feature um Mm. unless you really do just want that but the playstation plus uh collection equivalent that xbox is offering is good and that will be good value for people depends how often they switch it out but given the caliber of games that were in games with gold every month previously i'd say that this is a really good selection Mm. and uh if they update it then there's a good chance that some people will never need to move on from that tier Mm. yeah that's true there we are well Time for something a bit strange, a bit unusual, a bit peculiar. Yes. Do you want to come up with a name for it, perhaps? Uh, uh, odd. Odd? Mm, I think it would be better if it sounded like weird news. Oh. Ah. Hold up. 
Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. It's weird news time. Time for some weird video game news. Uh, this, well, I've completely lost where I was going there. If you want, that's, I'm back on track. Here we go. If you want to get yourself a shout out and submit some weird news to us, you can do so on the social media posts that go out on Tuesdays. However, if you want to guarantee a shout out at this point in the podcast, you need to go to patreon.com forward slash team triple jump, support us at a certain tier and become a podcast producer. I saved it. Just like... G.Y. Goliath. Nicole Hansen. Duncan Wilson. Katie Garrido Jared. Ellie Nicholas. Nexus Polaris. Gabrielle Philippink. Blake Thomas. And Melody L. Bonnet. Thanks, Thanks for the podcast. Podcast producers. Uh, Peter, do you have some weird news and whom is it from? I've got some weird news here that was from at Johnny Mac13, Johnny Mac on Twitter. Um, I don't think this was also submitted to the Facebook post. I did look, and then after I'd chosen this one from Facebook, uh, from Twitter, I forgot to check <laughs> where it was on Facebook as well. Oh. Whatever. Uh, thank you if you sent it on Facebook. Um, this is according to metro.co.uk. Game Central is the author. Wow. Oh. That's the person's name. It looks born to do this. Yes. Uh, no, that's the. Uh, I forgot the headline. Baldur's Gate Three has seventeen thousand endings, and its cutscenes last one hundred and seventy-four hours. I don't believe you. I have heard 
so much about Baldur's Gate 3 recently. Everyone yeah. is going wild for it. You can shag bears. You can have can sex bears, with yeah. bears, yeah. 17,000 endings. Let's learn more about this, shall we? It looks like the new Dungeons & Dragons game from Larian Studios will end up the biggest RPG ever made, including in terms of cut space scenes, which I would say is all one word, personally. Yeah, because otherwise yeah. it sounds like scenes that are cut. Yeah. Yes. Considering 2017's Divinity Original Sin 2 lasted well over 60 hours, it's no surprise to find that the next game from Belgian developer Larian, Larian Studios is also enormous, almost incomprehensibly so, in mm. fact. Following their recent panel, Panel from Hell showcase, in which they unveiled a sex scene between an elf vampire and a druid that turns into bear, a bear. Just a bear. Yeah, it's a just a bear. An elf really. vampire and a bear. Uh, <laughs> other details have emerged, including the fact that its script is three times the length of all three Lord of the Rings novels combined. <laughs> that just gets longer and longer, doesn't the hell? it? <laughs> <laughs> too many. That's too many uh, words. Um, that's only the script for the cutscenes alone, as well, not the whole game. With Larian stating that the back-to-back -back cinematic, that back-to-back -back, the cinematics last 174 hours, twice the length of the whole of the Game of Thrones TV show. You won't be seeing all those cutscenes in a single playthrough, though, says Metro.co.uk. Thanks, Metro. Uh, as the game features a huge variety of different characters and branching plot points, so nobody is likely to watch them all outside of compilations on YouTube. What, 174 hours worth? Um, there's also no suggestion that they Take two months to upload it. Yeah. There's also no suggestion that they are unusually long, just that there are an awful lot of them. Larian's also stated there are 17,000 different permutations for the ending of the game. These are referred to as variants, though, so a lot of those are implied to be more or less the same and different only dependent on the specific characters involved and decisions you made earlier in the game. Still, it's a huge number and suggests that Baldur's Gate 3 will overall be a much bigger game than Divinity Original Sin 2. It continues, but that's the platinum what we need requires to you to see all 170 oh yeah. cuts and get all 17,000 endings. They bloom in wood, wouldn't mm -hmm. they? Yeah, they bloom in that's wood. That's too many endings, I would say. I mean, admittedly, it's probably variant. So it's like this character's here this time, but you were mean to him last playthrough, so he's yeah, not so he here. Yeah, so he says one different line of yeah. dialogue or whatever. But there you go. Well, that's uh, we had a thousand planets. Now yeah. we've got 17,000 endings. It's just too many. Mm-hmm. I'm Calm exhausted down. just hearing about it. All the planets in uh, Star Wars, well, some of the planets in Star Wars Outlaws are the size of, what, th two or three zones from an Assassin's Creed uh, game? Oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, that's so pretty, that sounds pretty, horrible. pretty big when you multiply it by however many planets. Games are too big. A thousand big. planets. <laughs> yeah, a thousand. A thousand planets. I have our news. It came from Paul Ansel on Facebook and Stephen Skodes on Twitter from Eurogamer by Matt Wales. There is an official Assassin's Creed Mirage haptic gaming suit on the way. Finally, you too can feel sensations. Oh, goodness. If you've, ever had the over uh, if you've ever had the overwhelming desire to feel exactly what it would be like to shimmy up a ball in 9th century Baghdad, help is at hand. A company has just announced a haptic gaming suit that will be compatible with and themed around the upcoming Assassin's Creed Mirage. Haptic's firm, Owo's... <laughs> Owo. 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 Haptic firm Owo's Mirage themed tie in has been created in partnership with Ubisoft and looks something like an extremely snug, short sleeved shirt, albeit packaged alongside various bits of hardware. While wearing one, players can experience multiple different sensations and reflect those that reflect those of Assassin's Creed Creed's Assassin's Creed Mirage's protagonist, Basim. Um 
Oh, whoa. <laughs> Says these sensations will include the likes of impacts and parkour. You can feel getting punched in real time. Mm. With the standard version of the haptic suit able to mimic 30 different sensations, including axe, insect bites, severe abdominal wound, oh. and more. <laughs> Sounds great. Can I have sex with a bear? Yeah, and feel, and feel all of it. every, every yeah. movement. God. On top of that, the Assassin's Creed Mirage version of the haptic suit promises to incorporate some exclusive sensations that never felt before. Presumably such as the taste of a rainbow on a damp autumn evening and the icy touch of a dying king on the unseen edge of a distant black hole. Jesus. Yeah. Matt wanted to write a bit so, of yeah, fantasy. using their English degree. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the system includes a copy of the Ubisoft's game for Xbox Series X slash S, PS5 or PC, the main device, game pads, a storage pouch and charging cables, and the aforementioned shirt-like skin, which features an exclusive finish inspired by Racine's outfit that'll probably look quite stylish, minus the massive logo on the back. Mm. On anyone with dazzling pectoral muscles and a sheer six-pack. Expected to cost approximately 500 US dollars when it launches soon, which will probably be around the same time Assassin's Creed Mirage releases on the 12th of October. Mm. So you can feel axe, insect bite, severe abdominal wound. Severe abdominal wound. What about ball? Edge of black hole. You can feel ball. Ball? Ball. 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 Feel ball. One of the sensations is just ball. Okay. That doesn't make any sense. I can feel that in real life. Why do I need a suit? 30 never before felt sensations. Goodness. Including ball. 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 Square. Um, Triangle. Something has just occurred to me. Do you think one of the 17,000 endings of Baldur's Gate 3 involves... Baldur's Gate. Gate 3 involves the song This Girl Is On Fire. I hope so. Fingers crossed. That would be a good ending. Otherwise, why are we even doing this? Yeah, what's the point? Game's already peaked in 2019. Mm. There's no no point. This girl is on fire. I have some weird news uh, from Ariel underscore Kent and Baffled Spectator, and thank you to everybody else who sent this as well. This is from Dextero, written by Cassidy Stevenson. And and Cassidy has written a headline that says, FBI used Nintendo Switch to find missing childs 2,000 miles away. Here we go. The FBI was able to locate a missing child after she connected her Nintendo Switch to Wi-Fi on the... This is... Trigger warning, this is upsetting, Mm. you know, because of abduction and stuff. On August the 3rd, 2022, 28-year-old Ethan Roberts allegedly took a 15-year-old girl, who remains anonymous, uh, from her Virginia home. Now she has been, thankfully, found 2,000 miles away in Arizona. Excuse me. According to reports, the child met Roberts on the internet and he travelled to Virginia to visit. However, he allegedly forced her into... Ooh, there's some horrible stuff. Okay. Uh, luckily, the FBI was able to locate the abducted child based on her Nintendo Switch activity. As first reported by ABC 15 Arizona, federal court show, uh, record show show Roberts allowed the girl to bring her Nintendo Switch. After she connected to the internet to watch YouTube or download a game, her friend quickly noticed the activity. Mm. Uh, it continues like that, but I was quite thrown by the har- harrowing nature of this the this details. whole situation. Mm. Uh, it is fantastic that she's yeah. been found. Really, really it's impressive of her friends to be like see her name pop up and be yeah. like, she's online. Hey. She's, she's missing. She's online. Yeah, it's kind of amazing, isn't it? Mm. Um, and a little bit weird as well. That, mm. that, that, that was weird. the method that they 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 managed to find her by. Mm. So weird that like. He would let her bring that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, stupid. I mean, merciful that it yeah. that happened, but uh, Glad he really did. stupid of him. Yeah. 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 Terrible. 
way worse than I was expecting. Good job that guy's going to prison. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I heard that news story uh, spoken about on another podcast and they did not include the detail that I just had to mm-hmm. skip over because that was that was quite horrible. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, glad she is. She has been found and is, is safe and sound. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there we are. Brilliant. It's time, everybody, for the big discussion. For the big discussion. Ooh. It's big discussion time. Time for the big video game discussion. This week it comes courtesy of Ed Hoik. Hoik. Have you ever worked out how to pronounce Ed's last name? Because I, I feel like I've asked Hoik. him on on streams before, and I'd, he's probably corrected me. But I've I think you're right. Hoik. Hoik. Yeah. Thing is, we ask for clarification on names, and then because we have to do it that often, and there are that many of you, I forget. Yeah. And me so too. there'll be people in my chat where I'm like, oh no. I've asked them before how you say their name. Katie Garrett slash Jared's probably told us more than once. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, absolutely. But Hoik, you have to say it like that. Yeah. There's someone who uh, pops into my streams, may may as well, uh, may well be yours as well, mm. uh, called Chip Thompson. And every time I see him, I call him Chris because I just I just read <laughs> Chip as Chris. <laughs> I think I've also like, done oh, it's that. Chris Thompson. No, yeah. it's not. I just happens to know someone called Chris Thompson. His name is Chip. Right. Sorry, Chris. Uh, so here we are. This is the the, uh, the question from Ed Hoik. Hi, Abap. The National Center for Gaming Disorders was created in 2020 and expected to see 30 clients a year. They've had more than 850 so far. The accounts reported in The Guardian are harrowing. What experiences has the team had with addictive behavior while gaming? And what solutions do you see with this problem? Thank you, Ed. Uh, Thank you, I've Ed. got a fair amount of context now, so yes. strap in because I want to do this justice. Mm. Uh, this is according to The Guardian and Rob Davies. More than 850 people have been referred to a clinic for video gaming addicts. As experts warn, the UK is not doing enough to tackle gambling-style features in games on mobile phones and consoles. The National Centre for Gaming Disorders, NCGD, which had its first patient in 2020, was originally given NHS funding based on seeing just 50 people a year. But the specialist London Clinic has been treating 30 people a month since the end of March this year, more than and seven times anticipated demand, taking the total to 855. About a third of gamers receiving treatment said they spent money on loot boxes, gambling-style features that offer randomized rewards such as weapons or outfits for characters that cannot be re-exchanged for cash legitimately. Experts say these features, which have proved highly lucrative for video game firms, are normalizing gambling behaviors in young people by offering the rush of rewards that can, in- uh, that can entrench addiction. Certain games are particularly uh, likely to be cited by addicts, according to analysis of treatment sessions. During 2021 and 2022, almost 12% of patients who played video games compulsively referred to playing Fortnite, with 10% citing Minecraft, 8% mentioning Call of Duty, and 4.7% using gaming platform Roblox. The clinic offers help to gamers, more than half of whom are children, as well as family members such as parents. Of the 855 referrals, 408 were gamers, of whom 227 were under 18. Patients reported the total breakdown of family relationships, violence, and refusal by children to go to school. Uh, I've then got a follow-up article from the BBC and Stefan Powell, because there was news that broke this week about uh, steps that are finally being mm. taken uh, in the UK specifically to to address some of these problems. The UK games industry has unveiled plans to try and restrict access to loot boxes for children. Loot boxes allow players to buy in-game extras that are assigned at random, but some are concerned about their relationship with problem gambling. Uh, UKIE, but it's written lowercase, so it might be pronounced UKI, which stands for UK Interactive Entertainment and was founded in 1989. The body that represents games companies says the proposals will improve protections for all players. 
Uh, they argue the 11 new guidelines uh, under the underline the industry's commitment to safe and responsible play. Yuki has published uh, principles that it believes will allow the industry to self-regulate the use of loot boxes. The first is a commitment to make available technological controls to uh, effectively restrict anyone under 18 from acquiring a loot box without the consent or knowledge of a parent or guardian. Many of these controls are already available on games platforms, but aren't as widely used as they could be. The new principles set out best practice for their use in an effort to increase take-up. The second is to drive awareness of those controls with a public information campaign. An expert panel will be set up to share the best practices on age assurances issues. Age assurance issues, sorry. Last July, then culture then culture secretary Nadine Dorries said that hey. said that hey, her. because the evidence about loot boxes was still emerging. Direct government intervention may risk unintended consequences. The games industry should come up with measures itself before any new laws are introduced, she said. Yuki says games companies will disclose the presence of loot boxes before someone chooses to buy a title, and games will have to show clear probabilities before the purchase of a loot box. The plans include rules on how loot boxes should be presented and a commitment to more lenient refund policies. There is also a proposal to tackle the black market that surrounds these purchases and do more research about their impact and use. Progress will be reviewed in 12 months. Mm. So... Wouldn't want the government to do anything. We? Well, that's the thing. I'd, on the one hand, I like I I think that the Netherlands and I think Belgium have just banned loot boxes. Yeah. And personally, I think that's great. I don't think there's personally any issue with buying cosmetics, but there's something about the nature of paid for loot boxes that just seems inherently predatory. Mm -hmm. Even to adults, at the very least, children should be protected. Uh, and that currently is there's just not enough to to protect them. And that that obviously needs addressing. Well that's yeah. the thing with the Guardian article. Um it had a, a case there about a guy like in his 20s or 30s don't know if it said how old he was but he like had had a son on the way and a partner and they were about to buy a house oh yeah that was the bbc article about bbc the article was it yeah. yeah and and he he got into a you know a really difficult situation where he was like taking out payday loans and credit cards and stuff and he just got into like dire straits and yeah it is good that um you know more kind of parental control and parental awareness like kind of mechanics will be uh, implemented and uh you know even having things like the probabilities laid out um those are all great things but some of them only go so far as to help parents stop their children getting addicted to things like loot boxes but if you're for example that guy from the article um you would very easily be able to you're, you're not going to be affected uh, uh or, or helped necessarily by parental controls um so it's there's more there's a more kind of insidious underlying issue with loot boxes that uh, it goes beyond just um, children who are getting addicted to it. Um, so I don't know. I I saw a, an argument somewhere uh, where someone had said someone in defense of loot boxes. I think it was like a developer or something was saying, "Oh well, um, we would we're more likely to compare them to." Like Kinder Surprise or Surprise Mechanics, stickers. Is what yeah. EA called it. I yeah. Think. Or like sticker collections or like Pokemon cards where you don't know, you know, it's like a blind bag or something. Mm. And I I can see how that comparison might be made. But if anything, that just tells me that like, well, yeah, maybe they maybe they shouldn't be 
maybe there should be some like kind of control or, or awareness around those things as well, rather than that makes it okay for loot boxes to exist. But I also think it's more of a, like that's more obvious because it's a physical thing. Yeah. Like you can see how many you've bought mm. in front of your face. Like if you buy 500 Pokemon cards, yeah. you have to look at 500 Pokemon cards and think, did I need 500 Pokemon cards? Yeah. Whereas if you've just bought like a whole load of loot boxes, you've got a credit card no, assigned to your account. Yeah, yeah. there's no like physical kind of indication mm-hmm. of like how many you've bought. I agree there's a difference, but even if there but wasn't, I, I would I would say, well, that just tells me that maybe we need to look again at like some of the things that kids can buy in the, in the corner shop rather than like, oh, well, that, yeah, I guess you're right. Loot boxes are fine. Um, so... <laughs> mm. I don't know. Also, interestingly, the National Center for Gaming Disorders, you know, it's not just about addiction with with financial consequences. It's about kids, for example, who don't want to go to school because they want to stay at home and play Fortnite or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are all kinds of uh, issues relating to video game disorders that um, are seemingly on the rise based on this statistic that they expected about 30 clients a year, or at least they funded 30 clients a year. Um and uh, so, yeah, I don't know. It's a worrying trend. And I think there needs to be more awareness about it. And I think the government need to probably be more aware and, and care more about it. It's It just seems to me like it's something that's a bit too far removed from their kind of world at home. Yeah. I mean, a lot of things are, to be honest, yes. uh, in, in the kind of in parliament. But yeah. I kind of feel like it would be, it's easier to go to, uh, parliament and say hey can we do something about drug addiction or um just gambling addiction in the sense of like mm-hmm. going to a casino because mm-hmm. it's something that they might either have personal experience of or at least you know perhaps they know someone it, or they yeah. understand it and it's very much in the you see it on tv in dramas or whatever but gaming addiction is less kind of um mainstream in that sense you don't mm-hmm. you don't see it represented so that's part of the issue i think I think like the more specific discussion about loot boxes is very much like the whole of when the fun stops stop thing Mm. that they have a campaign with all the gambling. There's none of those things in place that you can't tell your credit card or debit card company, for example, to be like, can you please put a limit on how much I spend on like you can with like betting, you can set up a limit with your bank to help stop these kinds of things happening. Or with the actual online casino casino or like, you know, wherever you go, Mm. you can actually like physically put in barriers for yourself or for someone else to like stop being able to do this. You can't necessarily do that with these purchases because they are so predatory and unregulated um, and it's just not viewed the same way as a gambling addiction, which I think actually, when you think about it, is very similar to a gambling addiction because they say like, oh, well, you know, it's not really money that you're, you're not trying to win money. You don't win anything from this, but that's not, really what it is it's about winning progress in a Semantics, game that you're... Isn't it, exactly really? it but is. that's where they can be like well you don't win money mm. so it's not gambling because you don't win money but there's plenty of other things you can do in gambling where you're not going to win money but you're still putting money into it mm-hmm. um and i think it's i think the thing about gaming disorders and addiction to gaming is that there is needs to be more of a general awareness of like what that can present like, especially in, as well as in adults and kids, like how this can affect people's lives because you don't really see that much about it. You see like, oh, drinking problems, they can make you sick. They can push you away from your family. Mm. You know, they're, they're a horrible thing to do to your body. Same with gambling addictions. Or they'll put you in loads and loads of debt uh, and you'll, you know, all these issues. But I think as soon as get, something like this starts affecting 
your relationship with your family, your relationship with yourself, the, how much you take care of yourself, that's when it's like immediately a problem. And I think you see like all of these gaming like stereotypes of a man in a hovel of a room, like cov- yeah. surrounded by filth, just playing games 24 seven. That is a gaming addiction as much as it is, you know, when you're addicted to loot boxes or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it's good that these kids are getting help when they're so young, but I also think there needs to be things in place for adults. Admittedly, obviously, it is always like, well, you have to make the first step yourself when you're an adult. But I think that there isn't really anywhere for people to go to seek support. There isn't like a gaming addicts anonymous kind of situation. Well, there might be, but they're definitely not as prevalent mm-hmm. as other uh, AA meets stuff is. So I think there's, yeah, there's kind of all different reasons where just a general awareness needs to be added into the public sphere of if it's affecting your relationships and it's affecting your life, then it's a problem. Like, mm-hmm. Well, you also know. you mentioned that that image of like the gaming addict where they're in like a basement surrounded by mm-hmm. Cheetos or whatever. Um, but the issue is that that's not what gaming addiction looks like, looks like in a lot yeah. of cases. And so it might be easy for someone to think, well, I'm not addicted to gaming. I just, I come home from school and I play it in my bedroom until such a you know whatever hour in the day it's like well yeah but hang on like how is it affecting your life in in other ways just because you're not that kind of stereotypical gaming goblin character um that in a way is you know part of the problem is 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 not knowing what it looks like also with kids specifically a lot of the games they mention are games that are not for kids necessarily but are kind of marketed towards kids they're brightly colored they have the endorphin rush of you've won this one now just play another one or you died quickly now play another one what if you get this skin if you play another one things like Fortnite specifically Mm. are really really catered towards kids and you see kids that are as like nine playing Fortnite and not younger because you can play it on your phone on your ipad or you've got an xbox you can play it on there like you can you're so like surrounded by Fortnite when you're so young that I think that that's kind of also the problem is that these games are marketed for kids and kids don't know that it's a problem until it becomes a, a natural problem. Yeah, you know? absolutely. There are people out there with addictive personalities and mm. some of those people uh, fall victim to those those personalities, those, those specific traits, especially when... They are consuming a medium that is specifically designed to have a loop that keeps them engaged and incentivizes spending money and staying put. And I'm talking specifically about adults now because you're right, Ashton, there should be gambler-aware stuff with with loot boxes. I did that. I I truly believe that because and that isn't me saying it because I think loot boxes are the worst thing because I do think loot boxes are the worst thing. I don't think they add any value to a game whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And if you must have loot boxes in a game, have them be purchased with in-game currency that you earn from playing. Don't have them be purchasable with real money and or just let you be able to just see don't let them be random. Just say yeah. like, "Oh, in, in the in-game store, I want that skin or I want that weapon yeah. I'm going to use this much in-game currency or if you really want loot boxes limit how many you can do a day you can do 10 loot boxes a day that's it but just just some kind of steps yeah. could yeah. could definitely be taken that the articles re, re, all the articles refer, referring to this and covering this repeatedly talk about the numerous warnings that that the addiction experts in the UK have been 
shouting about for years now about mm. how these are they are literally gambling that's yeah. what they are mm. they're designed to be as shiny like you you talked about the pack of cards the pokemon cards and stuff like another thing that separates them is that pokemon cards don't like play a really cool noise and mm. have lots of like visually stimulating stuff when you like they, these are literally intentionally intentionally designed to be as appealing as possible for you to they're meant to you like know, make machines. Yeah, they're meant to make yeah. as many things in your brain happy when, uh, as possible, when they when when they open, and like they're specifically designed that way to be addictive. That cannot be disputed, and whether as a consenting adult you want to use them or not is up to you. But if there are people out there who are going to fall victim to this and their entire lives are going to fall apart, those people need help and they need protecting and there needs to be things in place to help those people. And specifically children, obviously, shouldn't be allowed anywhere near these games. I mean, an outright ban, I think, would be the best case scenario. Mm. But that's not going to happen. I do. I am heartened to hear that, that Yuki are actually implementing some things. However, further down in the BBC article... I'm I'm not entirely sure how enforceable it is and like mm -hmm. whether people will because there's a little bit here and this is from Leon Zhao who's a loot box expert and PhD fellow um, at the IT University of Copenhagen Copenhagen uh, he says Apple says if you want to upload your game to the Apple Store you need to make disclosures about the probability of randomized features he said we checked in 2021 and a third of companies were not doing it existing regulation is not being enforced mm. so even if this stuff happens happens is it gonna happen mm. are they gonna do it i had a look at yuki and they have basically all the big players are partners and they're signed up and involved because it's all in their best interest to fall in line because otherwise the government does get involved and yeah. it does regulate yeah. and it does put forward legislation that on on a topic that they don't understand and that will potentially be damaging uh but there's going to be a lot of companies that don't want to do that because it makes so much money and that's what it's going to come down to. Mm -hmm. yeah. Is the money going to be worth the potential legal headaches? I don't know. But the point is that these people who need protection need protection and more clearly needs to be done. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever had any experience with sort of a, the addictive yeah, side of question, video games. Yeah. Um, not, I've certainly not had anything tied to, to finances in terms of I've, I've not had an addiction to spending or buying anything in game um but i i definitely think that i got into a habit of um over lockdown and it was probably partly because i was i was locked down that like led me to to do this i was just playing candy crush a lot and i would get up in the morning and i would turn it on and play it until i'd run out of lives and then i would start my day and it just became part of my routine because there was not much else going on i was only allowed out for half an hour or whatever and you know everyone's got cabin fever um but it got to the point where i had what's known as the tetris effect which originally was people would shut their eyes and see tetris blocks i would shut my eyes and sometimes i could almost picture the shapes of the candies um because i was just playing it that much mm. um and then as soon as lockdown was over i stopped playing it quite easily so it wasn't a, an addiction in that sense in that you know i found it quite easy to just stop but yeah, it was it was very habitual mm. and uh, to the point where I did occasionally sort of catch myself and think, why am I sitting here doing this, like waiting to start my day? You know, why why do I feel I have to do this? Um, but yeah, so it could have been worse, but that's probably the, the most kind of 
addicted in in air quotes I've been to a game. Mm-hmm. I had a similar mobile game when I was in uni. Found this like it's like a color by numbers game where it's literally just like a pixel art thing. You tap a color and you make it that color. And I remember like f- for maybe my third or second or third year I spent a lot of time playing that game. Like I had finished so many of these like pictures that it gives you. And Ben used to tell me off because he used to say, when you play that game, you don't sit, you don't speak to anyone. Mm. You don't listen to anyone. You just sit and you tap at your phone like for hours, just in silence. And it'd be like every minute where I wasn't doing anything, I was just like tapping away, like finishing a puzzle or something. And then I realized that like, if I wanted to finish uni and pass the year, I had to uninstall it from my phone because I was just spending time in the library, just like tapping away at my phone rather than like actually doing my work. So we had to, we had a moment where we all uninstalled the game because a few of us that we were playing it, I was definitely the worst, but we, we, they were like, right, let's all uninstall it and then just never talk about this ever again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was probably the worst I'd been with the game because I literally was just sitting there playing it. I woke up in the morning and before I went to bed, I played it all the time. So mm-hmm. and it wasn't even a game really. You just tap it to screen filling in boxes yeah. with colors but that's where the worst it got um i i like to think that i'm quite fortunate in that i don't have a particularly addictive personality i've smoked cigarettes off and on throughout my adult life but it's only ever really been for like a week at a time and then i can mm. quite happily just stop and that's that's never really presented an issue um gambling is just something i'm not interested in i'm i'm aware of the fun that can come with gambling but also i'm aware that i'd rather spend that money on pizza mm. and so I, I i've just never really bothered with that when it comes to games it's like i think the only example i can really think of is maybe crash team racing's remake like i got really into the, the grand prix yeah the grand prix and getting all of the mm-hmm. seasonal stuff and that's the only game that's ever made me do that until one day where i just realized that this was such a chore that i couldn't be asked anymore and then i stopped and there've been plenty of times over the years where it's been like I've I've stayed up and up until like four a.m. playing a game. Yeah, it's like a game that you really because enjoy. I'm really enjoying it. Yeah. I feel like I'm near the end or something. And there's lots of games I feel like that that have done loot box style stuff that I think kind of works. Like Mass Effect 3's multiplayer had sort of loot packs that you could buy within game currency and nothing else that would have like character skins and you know better weapons mm. and stuff like that. I think there's a place for these, but they have to be done right. The problem is is that they don't make any money that way. Yeah. Um and 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 that's going to be the issue. But if this sounds like anything we've we've spoken about is is something that you're experiencing or something that you think may be affecting you in any way please speak to uh, your gp or your your local medical professional and they can hopefully refer you to get the help that you need even if there's not a specialist gaming center mm-hmm. there will be addiction support services available to you i would imagine so please do that if you're in the uk the nhs is a fantastic resource that we should all support and protect and once again it's called the national center for gaming disorders if you want to bring that up specifically should you need to talk to anyone yeah. and that's not that. just again it's not financially associated addictions if it's just eating into your time and so on and affecting your relationships it doesn't have to be sort of gambling adjacent necessarily Absolutely. Well, there we are. Thank you so much for listening slash watching, everybody. Hopefully, I'm sure you are all having a very civil conversation down in the comments below. Uh, You can go to youtube.com forward slash team trip. No, actually, this is... Is Yellow you? You can go to youtube.com forward slash team triple jump for all of our video content and twitch.tv forward slash team triple jump for all of our live streams. We stream every day. Um, And uh, if you've got Amazon... 
You know, I mentioned it, the value of Amazon Prime. One of the things you're paying for is a Twitch sub, which you might not have redeemed on anyone. It won't cost you anything extra. Redeem it on us if you like. Please. Go on. Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, all there. We're Team Triple Jump on all of them. So come check them out. And also uh, check out our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Team Triple Jump for all kinds of things on there. And maybe something new very soon. Ooh, very soon. Uh, the website where you can find everything, all the places we are is triplej.mup. And why not leave a five-star review on your platform of choice? It helps. Something to do with Al Gore's rhythm. See, we've got a slightly different running order this mm. week for the first time. Did so you like still, it? Still, still like working it? out a little bit more streamlined. Uh, Peter's going to tell you about this week's sponsor one more time before oh. we go away. Alan, he gets those criminals and he's so hot. That's right. Sexy crime owl. Sex, sexo crime owl. There it is. Get it? Do you? Good. Do you get Do you it? Get it? Did you get it earlier? Dinosaurs. Did you get, Did you get it? Bye, so everybody. Sexy. Bye. Bye.